Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Nothing But Locks. I'm your host, Allie Melnicki, accompanied by my co-host, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Allie, doing great. Looking forward to this episode number 125, could we be up to? Yeah, and it's our third one while we are in Nashville, so excited to get started here. Uh, so quickly, before we get into the lines, why don't you give the audience a recap of what happened last week, some betting trends that happened in week two? You know, it's obvious that there's going to be an awful lot of adjustments being made, perhaps a little bit of, oh, maybe overreactions. <laughs> However, that being said, from a point spread perspective, Ali, favorites led 10 to 6 straight up in week number two. But the underdogs led 8-5 with three pushes against the spread. Road teams, well, they led 9 wins against 7 losses straight up and 7-6-3 and three against the spread. Overs, from a totals perspective, overs really dominated if you played those. 13-3 and three out of the 16 games, 13 went over on the young season. Uh, favorites, 18-13 and 13 straight up with one pick -em. That was Cincinnati-Cleveland back in week one. But dogs, that's the way to go. They lead 17-11 and three pushes against the spread. Road teams, yeah, they're doing well too. 19 against 13 straight up and 19-10-3 and three against the spread. So uh, small lead overs for the season, uh, 17 against 15. But boy, oh boy, uh, dogs everywhere, Allie. And that doesn't surprise me at all. I'm a big underdog better. I love betting the underdogs. I was eight and eight with my picks last week. Wasn't my best week, but I'll always take a 500 week or better. But let's get right into it, Robert. And let's start with one of the games I think is going to be the most entertaining. Surprisingly, these two teams are both 0-2. I bet a lot of people would not have expected it. But that is the L.A. Chargers against the Minnesota Vikings. What are the odds for this one? You know, I had this game opened actually at pick. Uh, really didn't want to have much of a lean, uh, not knowing the status of Austin Eckler for the Chargers. That being said, I'm going to go ahead and take a look at it right now, Ali, here at our platform on Zen Sports. Minnesota Vikings, now a one-and-a-half-point favorite in the total 54. So this is a game where I actually wasn't too surprised with the pick'em spread. Minnesota is a tough place to play for opposing teams. But, Robert, if you look at this team, at this Chargers team, yeah. they're so much better than their record indicates. They're, they're really one or two plays away from being a 2-0 and squad. So when I look at Justin Herbert and wh whether or not Austin Eckler is 100%, I just see too much offense on this side of the ball. The Vikings have one of the worst defenses in the National mm -hmm. Football League. They've struggled mightily the past few weeks. I'm all over the Chargers here. How about you? Yeah, someone has to win this game, right? I mean, <laughs> it could tie, but it's very unlikely. Both of them 0-2 on the very young season. And you're absolutely right, Allie. Chargers just absolutely loaded. Uh, offensively, they have everything that they need from every position, including a brand new offensive coordinator, making things look even better. Defense definitely going to be an optional in Minnesota today. I think that the total is the one that's probably most in play because they yeah. really have things clicking. And I really, really like the way that the Minnesota Vikings have been playing. I expect them definitely to end up somewhere in the high 20s today. Really tough. I think this is going to be one of those games where we're going to have a victor at the very last drive of the game. What does it say? Because obviously someone's losing this game. Who's in more trouble going 0-3, the Chargers or the Vikings? 
<laughs> well, I guess if you're out on the West Coast and you're thinking, okay, is this really going to happen again? Are we going to have such a stacked franchise and yet we're not even going to make the playoffs? 0-3 is not a good way to start the season. No. And someone no. is looking at that. I don't know. Maybe tough to say if, if Minnesota can get out of an 0-3 hole in their division, if things would be easier for them. I think that if the Chargers go 0-3, that's going to be worse for them, in my opinion, Allie. How about you? No, I 100% agree, especially you look at the AFC. I think it's far superior to the NFC. That's going to be a tough, not only division to win because they're competing against the Chiefs, but they might have real problems getting a wild card spot if they go 0-3. I think with Minnesota, even if they go 0-3, there's an outside shot of getting a wild card. It's pretty much a frenzy. I think the last two wild card spots last year were forget if it was nine seven and something like nine seven and one something like that but uh, yeah I think the Chargers are in huge trouble and heads are gonna roll I I I think that if the Chargers go oh and three Robert do you think there's a possibility Brandon Staley does not appear in week four (laughs) we're gonna do this we're doing hot seat in week two let's do it it's the overreaction (laughs) week that's why (laughs) Staley Man, you are on a short leash right now on the Nothing But Logs podcast. Look, he's gone. He should have been gone last year. So <laughs> he yeah. should have been gone. You said that actually last season. The fact that he's here, despite of not being the you know the OC, still he's doing everything he can to make sure this thing clicks. Man, I'm really, really wondering now. Could he possibly be the first to go if they go zero three? I that would be shocking. Uh, but. Hey, it's the NFL. You need results. Every week is like the last week of the season. I know Chargers fans that have been, because obviously I'm in Los Angeles. I know Chargers fans that have been calling for his head since the (laughs) midseason last year. So I think that they would be happy to give Kellen Moore an interim position. But let's move on to the home team here. They're away this week. The Titans are taking on the Browns. Lots, Lots of injuries in this game, Robert. So why don't you, before we get into that, why don't you start with the odds here? Yeah, no doubt. I, obviously, I wanted to set this number here at Zen Sports very early, and so I was doing it actually Monday morning, well before the news of what happened to the Browns running back Nick Chubb. So we opened up the Browns four and a half and the total 41 and a half. Uh, I don't think that Ford, uh, as as good as he is a talent, I don't think he has nearly the capabilities of Nick Chubb. That number definitely played into that and it got all the way down to Cleveland Browns three uh, with a little bit coming back right now. So Browns three and a half here this morning and the total 39 and a half. This is the one of the ones I've toyed with back and forth. I actually am 2-0 in my picks with both teams. I had picked the Browns to beat the Bengals week one. I picked the Steelers on Monday night. And then the same thing with the Titans. I had picked them to cover the spread in the first two weeks. So I've been spot on on both these teams. Going back and forth, Robert, it's an interesting number, three, three and a half. But I I actually am going to go with the home team. I'm going to go with the Browns. I really don't have a good reason but to say it is Cleveland. And Ryan Tannehill just had a decent game. So he's probably due for a bad one coming up. But um, that Browns defense is something that is very underrated, led by Miles Garrett. I think Tannehill's going to really struggle throwing the the ball downfield. That secondary is pretty good as well. He's going to get a ton more pressure than he did last week against the Chargers. I've really been disappointed with the Chargers defense, but that's another note. So this is a tough one for me. I would have no confidence in betting it. But if I'm going to have to pick, because I do pick them, 
I would lay the points with the with the Browns. How about you? For me, it would be on the total. I think that this one's going to absolutely be a ball control type of a game this morning. And honestly, that 39 and a half really wouldn't be shocking to see it really start to drip down even lower. Actually, you know, with the way the both offenses are set, Tannehill sure is probably going to be comfortable handing the ball off 20, 25 times to Henry, if yeah. not more. Uh, and, and they're probably the same for the Browns. And actually, what's what's going on with Deshaun Watson? Is he good? I, <laughs> Seriously. He's definitely a shell of him for himself. I was one that I th- I knew he wasn't going to be that good last year when he came back. Yeah. He so much yeah. football. But, you know, you have a whole offseason that he was practicing with the Browns. And it, that's true. Like he sh- he should have shaken it off. But I think this is the decline of Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's he's older than most people think, Robert. He's been in this league a long time. And I think that absence where he sat out for a year, then he had all the legal trouble, so he was suspended. I really think that played a part in just, you know, you lose you lose your rhythm. You lose your coordination. You lose your timing. I don't think he's ever gotten that back. No, you're absolutely right. He hasn't, in my opinion. I mean, what we're, what we saw in Houston versus what we have today, night and day. Uh, I think that there's going to be more struggles with Cleveland than they know. Uh, they sure invested a ton to get him, but he sure was really, really comfortable throwing to, uh, I honestly think it was it was just a Cooper pretty much the whole day. Right. I mean, it would, really wasn't much else going on uh, back on Monday. So that total for me is the one that's that I circled more than anything here with Tennessee and Cleveland, I think the game goes under the total with uh, an awful lot of ball control uh, from the rushing attack on Tennessee's part. All right. Well, that's great analysis. I'm siding with the Browns, but I do agree with you on the under. That's something to definitely look at. Both of these teams struggle to score to score on a regular basis. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when Robert and I come back, we have more games to highlight. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Nothing But Locks. We just got done covering the first two marquee games with the Chargers, Vikings, Titans, and Browns. And now let's get to the, the Monday night games, Robert. And I want to start with the Rams and the Bengals because there's a lot of questions surrounding Joe Burrow. So right now, what are the odds and what does it look like? Is he playing or what? You know, it's and of course, we, we still have 24 hours to go before we definitely know for certain, but sure does look like Burrow wasn't up to par i don't think he's got a 100 percent lower body uh and this goes back to preseason to that you know first opening week of preseason and i just don't think that he has all the push necessary to see exactly you know what he's capable of so because of that this game opened up very high uh meaning uh, cincinnati six got bet way down to two and now as we're watching more and more practices, here we are Sunday morning. It looked like he's pretty, pretty sharp again. Bengals now three, Allie, in the total 44. So this is one I don't want to touch until I know for certain whether or not Joe Burrow is playing. But I will say he doesn't look 100% at all. I, nope. My fantasy team will tell you that. So <laughs> he, he, I, I think they keep him out of this game. But Robert, who's I, I have to look this up right now. Who's their backup quarterback for the Bengals? Yeah, it, it's it's not going to be the best of it. And as I'm just rifling through, it's just so many different playbooks that I have to do. Forget about the pros. It's, you know, the college with the, you know, I'm kind of jumping gears here, but with college football, it's like I have to watch who's on the roster every single week because of the transfer portal. In this instance, 
Jake Browning. It's it's Jake Browning and Old Washington uh, we, quarterback. Yeah, we don't really want to see him in a uniform. Definitely not if you're a Bengals fan. Look, we're talking about the Chargers in Minnesota, both of them looking at 0 and 2. One of them is going to be 0 and 3. Bengals 0 and 3, could it possibly be? We didn't see this coming at all, Allie. So if Burrow plays, even if he's not 100%, I would still back the Bengals because the Rams' defense is atrocious. And I think that, you know, he would have a much better opportunity to connect with Chase and Higgins and Boyd. I think Mixon will create some room there. So that's no problem for me. However, if Jake Browning starts, and I saw him play a few games for the Giants when we were pretty much in Joe Judge purgatory for for a couple years, (laughs) he... He was not good. He was not. And I really liked him at when he was at Washington as a college quarterback, but he hasn't shown me anything that he's capable of stepping in and making some big plays. And in that case, I would side with the Rams. So if Burrow plays, even on an unhealthy Burrow, I'll take the Bengals. And if Browning plays, even if he's 100%, which it looks like he is, I'm going to go with the Rams. How about you? Circle this game absolutely this Sunday morning because if 43 and a halfs are out there and we know that Burrow's not playing, that number's going to drop precipitously. Matter of fact, I actually think that there's a chance that the Rams even sneak out a possible win. I think, and by the way, Ali, just a call back on your Joe Judge. Uh, yeah, your big oh, blue was showing there again. <laughs> <laughs> for our I'm, listeners, I, I don't if, mind if we, admitting I'm a New York Giants. Fan. <laughs> right. If, if we don't goal. know by now, then you definitely know by now. Uh, Rams have sort of found a couple of new offensive weapons mm-hmm. um, in uh, Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams has really looked good, so good right. uh, that uh, Akers isn't even a Ram anymore. That's how much they trust him. And at one and one, I think that they're playing with house money already in week number three. No Burrow, definitely Rams. With Burrow, probably to the under of that total because I just don't think he's going to have the proper footing. Uh, That's the way I'm going to stand right now, at least for the next 24 hours. (laughs) All right. What about the next game? Uh, That's Monday. Eagles and Bucks. What are we looking at for the odds here? Yeah, so exactly. We've got an Eagles team, both of them 2-0. We opened this up, the Eagles 6.5. That was absolutely at ceiling as it got bet down to 5.5, and and now our current number Sunday, Philly Eagles 5 in the total 46. I was one of the few that people said I was insane when I said don't sleep (laughs) on the Bucs this year to win the the, the NFC South. Robert, they're 2-0 right now. They're 2-0. And they they look decent. Baker Mayfield looks efficient with that offense. The defense looks good. I have no problems taking points with the Bucs. And in fact, and this is not me being biased because I'm a Giants fan. I don't think the Eagles have looked that good this year. I think the defense has. But if you look at the game against the Patriots, you know, they struggled to move the ball. The reason that they took such a big lead early on was thanks to the defense because they had a, a, a pick six and I believe another uh, turnover. Same thing with the Vikings last week. If if Jefferson doesn't fumble that that ball into yes. the end zone right before halftime, that's a totally different game. That, that That's a, a total game changer. And I know they did end up getting the backdoor cover the Vikings, but I just think this Eagles team isn't the same without their two coordinators from last year. So it's not going to be like last year where the Eagles just seem to to pile on the offense and ram them down. They really haven't just Jalen Hurts hasn't looked as sharp. He has a couple turnovers to start the year. I think he's almost like he's he's on pace and definitely 
double or triple his his turnover from turnover ratio from last year. So I'm a hundred percent. This is probably my favorite bet of the weekend. I'm a hundred percent on the Bucks to cover here. How about you? Yeah, I, I can't fault you there uh, as much as I want to. With the differential for Tampa, they're a plus 13 with their 2-0 record. By the way, no world's happening. This is the upside-down world with the NFC South. Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa are all 2-0. This doesn't make sense at all if you want to talk about a surprise. No real surprises in the NFC East, of course, with Dallas-Philly. Eh, Washington 2-0? Uh, but here we are. I mean, you're right. If we're looking at point differential for the Eagles, they're only plus 11. They're not blowing anyone out. These games are close games for, you know, lack of a better term. And with them being on the road, look, of course, we all would love to have an opening number of six and a half, but that's not what this show is about. The number is five right now. Who knows what's going to happen come, you know, late Monday. But I honestly think that number is definitely palatable to grab right now. Tampa at home, 2-0, catching five definitely something i'd rather do than laying it well who's your pick right now to win the nfc south have you changed your mind at all (laughs) no 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 not gonna change my mind i really really think that i was very impressed with atlanta after the draft i was more impressed with them despite what everyone thought was the capabilities of desmond ritter i still choose atlanta to win the nfc south (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to stick with the Bucks, but I do still think the Saints are a little overrated. They, they've had some lucky wins in the past two uh-huh. weeks. So I'm not, I'm still not back in trouble. I'm not a Derek. I don't think Derek Carr could win the big games. You know, one or two plays could have went against them and they could easily be 0-2 right now. So I'm going to stick with, with the Bucks to win here. But what does that say, though, Robert? What if the Bucks pull off the upset? I, I think it's going to be close. I think it's a field goal game. I wouldn't be that bald to take the bucks on the money line but do the the do the eagles need a panic what what, what do you think i know it would just be one fluke loss on the year but this is a trend that they just haven't looked as good as last year what's your impression on that they haven't that's true they they really haven't and i'm wondering if everyone's just sharpening up to their really really uh, complex scheme of offense it just it's just something that just finds itself out and you know the 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 better staffs, the better coaching staffs are the ones that figure out and are able to adjust it. I mean, look, so far the 2-0, and right? So really, we really can't fault them for being perfect thus far. But you're right. Don't seem to be like the same squad from last season. No, 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 no. And it, again, I just don't think Lurk Hertz has looked as sharp. He, he hasn't made a connection with A.J. Brown like all season. It, he's I mean, he, yes, they've made passes, but you haven't seen like a blowout game from either of the wide receivers. I mean, Dallas Goddard, the tight end, didn't even catch a pass week one. So it just seems like their defense is still on on pace. There's there seem to be carrying them. But yeah, that, that's something I think you need to look forward to because a 2-0 record doesn't say all, everything about a team. I mean, look at like. You just mentioned Washington. Washington's 2-0, but they beat Arizona, who is clearly tanking for Caleb Williams. And they beat a really bad Denver Broncos team, who everyone thought Sean Payton would come and save them. But it doesn't look that way this far. So I I always say, Robert, you can't really judge a team until after four weeks. You need four, four solid weeks of play to see what a team's true colors are, where they definitely are going to need to improve by the trade deadline. What do you think about that? You're absolutely right. I mean, look, they've already won at New England. They they hosted Minnesota, put up 34 on them. It wasn't really as close as the numbers finally seems. This is a big one. You're absolutely right. At Tampa is going to be a big one. And then, of course, the fourth week is going to be a game against Washington. 
who are right now they're two and zero as well. However, very very difficult schedule for the Philadelphia Eagles all year long. If we see them four and zero after four weeks, they definitely are championship caliber. You think they're better than the 49ers? No, I do not. <laughs> I was no. gonna we'll say, touch I... on that. No, no, no. I don't think that they're better than the 49ers. However, uh, just an asterisk: the Niners aren't that much better. Uh, meaning they're 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 in the same ballpark. You know, I, I just find them uh, one small ladder step below San Francisco. It's small. interesting because you look at you know Demarco Ryan. He he gets hired as the Houston Texans head coach. And it just looks like the San Francisco defense just did not miss a beat. And then you look at the Eagles uh, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator left. Yes, maybe the defensive defense still looks good, but it looks like the offense is still struggling a little bit. So we'll see how it all plays out in the next couple of weeks. But I love the Bucks to cover. This is probably my lock if I were to pick a lock. So you could hold me to it if I'm wrong next week. Anyway, <laughs> all right, we're going to take another short break. And when we come back, Robert and I have two more big games that we are going to dissect. And then we are going to get into our rapid fire round, everyone. So stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Nothing But Locks. And let's get right into it, Robert. This is one that doesn't seem like a big game, but I'm actually interested in the matchup because I said – all preseason oh, well, and offseason, everyone was riding the Bears, that they were the, the – Justin Fields was the second coming. The Bears are capable of winning 12 games. What are they now? They're all into, and Justin Fields has looked like he regressed in every, any form whatsoever. And now they got to take on the Chiefs. Before I get into more of that, Robert, why don't you tell the audience what the current odds are looking like for now? Yeah, this one had to come double digits and uh, no pushback from from the betting public on Zen Sports. Kansas City opened a 13, got bet down just a little bit for a little while down to 12 and a half. But for the better part, we're at 13 with a total 48 and a half, Allie. I hate laying that many points. And I again, I would not touch this game to bet. But if I have to hold my nose and make a pick, I will take the double digit points with with the underdog right there. There's something about Kansas City. They just don't seem to blow people out. This dates back to last season. So if I can grab double digits points, I'm going to do it most of the time because there's always that case for a backdoor cover. There's a chance that now with with the new offensive look that they'll run Justin Fields more than having pocket pass. Robert, when Justin Fields goes to throw, he looks lost, like he like not even confused. He just looks lost. How do you explain how he's been playing this year for in your opinion? It's not helpful at all, Allie, that the guys, first off, he's getting just murdered on social media all week. He didn't look too good on practice. Obviously, he's trying to pin blame, but it looks like things got cleared up between him and his staff. Allie, no one's been sacked more than him in his career since he started. Not only that, you know, now it's going to be very questionable if we're going to see uh, Darnell Mooney for him. It just goes from bad to worse. So, He's not getting any help from the offensive line as much as they try to fix that in the offseason. It's not helping. So he's not having any time to go through his progressions at all. It just sucks. I don't know if it's going to be any better. Kansas City at home is never, never an easy feat for anyone, uh, much less the Chicago Bears. This one definitely looks double digit loss. Uh, early on, and I, I really haven't changed my opinion much over what's going to happen a couple of hours from now. Yeah, I mean, I could easily see Kansas City winning 31-10. I could see, like I said, a backdoor cover. 
where sure. they where they come in and get like a late touchdown or something. Kansas City starts pulling their some of their starters. But Robert, w- when I look at Justin Fields, it's kind of like I compare him almost to the Daniel Jones situation too. The the Bears went out and they got him Chase Claypool. They got him DJ Moore. They got him the offensive tools he needs. And he's just still, he, even when he has time in the pocket, Robert, he holds the ball just way too long. And that was a criticism of him dating back to his college days. So if we still see this regression, is there a chance that the Bears are going to regret trading that number one pick they could have used on a CJ Stroud, a Bryce Young, or an Anthony Richardson? What do you think? Yeah, they have regrets already. <laughs> I just true. I honestly think you're right. They they brought in the weapons from side and in the slot for him, but again, I I really think that they probably should have spent more attention to protecting him, uh, rather than you know giving him some more weapons. I I rather take the shield than the sword here. Uh, it's gonna be tough. And uh, look, for all intents and purposes, I really don't see Chicago winning this game later today. No and way. He's no way. <laughs> It's just going to be tough because he's going to get beat up. He's probably going to have just as Justin Fields, of course, he's going to probably have a far better performance than his last, but because they're going to lose, I just really don't think that it, it, the, the amount of punishment he's going to get and the amount of, of fans are going to ask for, for a change and everything is uh, just not fair. I think. (laughs) No, what, what, give me a number. What, what would you put for the over number? Over under of how many times he's going to get sacked in this game? I say two and a half, Allie. What's yours? I'm taking the over in that. I would have put it at three and a half. I think with Chris Jones, he's gonna he's gonna see the dirt a lot today. <laughs> nice little middle there. All right, everyone, circle that. Uh, let's see how we come back with that next week. But I mean, the Bears they invested in Justin Fields, and I said in the off season. He had a few great fantasy football games toward the end of the year when defenses just kind of let him run around because. Hey, why not? He he can't throw. And he had some he had a few great runs out of it that seemed to turn people's heads. But never did he show last year that I thought he could be a competent competent pocket passer. And it seems like trading for Claypool and trading for DJ Moore, they kind of they kind of thought that they would transition him into a pocket passer. They should have put more resources, like you said, into bolstering up that offensive line if they wanted to use his strengths. I mean, what what do you think about that? Yeah, you absolutely have to commit, right? If you all have decided that the future of Chicago is to have Justin Fields, this is the absolute right way to go, then do it. Don't half-ass it. Exactly what you see is what you're going to get. So plan the offense around them. Quarterbacks is everything in this league, everything. And if you're going to go with a mobile quarterback that he's shown his abilities in college, then stick with it. If you don't like it and you don't like what you see this year, and by the way, I've said this in past episodes, if you don't like what you see with Justin Fields, just cut ties. Just It's okay. Move on. Find your next quarterback and go. Because if you don't have your quarterback, then just keep drafting one in round one because you got to get it right. You have to have that quarterback. Are they going to trade for, trade up in the draft and get another UNC quarterback with Drake May coming out? <laughs> going to have to. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky must be must be <laughs> another one. They, another quarterback they traded up for and totally whiffed they with. They did. So they did. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the last game we want to highlight before our rapid fire round, Robert. And I thought this is an interesting game: Patriots and Jets. What do we have for the odds here? 
So look, it, this this one is definitely one that I didn't think the spread was going to be like this in the preseason. However, New England opened up two, moved up to two and a half, and finally hit the ceiling at three before finally settling here Sunday at two and a half. The total very low, thirty six. Can we just say Zach Wilson is bad? Like he's not mediocre; he's just bad. <laughs> And, and his attitude is even worse than his play on the field. I don't even know how he's still on this team other than they thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be the starter for two years and Zach Wilson is on a, a rookie contract. But he, if you, did you see him in the fourth quarter, Robert, against the Cowboys? Like that was, that was atrocious last week. Three interceptions in the fourth quarter. There is nothing that could compel me to take the Jets going up against Bill Pelichek and the Patriots, who actually have looked decent, even though that they haven't had a win yet this year. They almost beat Philly. They almost beat Miami. Those are two, I would say, top, at least top seven teams in the league that they held close. I, I think this number is way too small. I would have had the Patriots as four or five point favorites. So I'm 100% back in the Patriots here. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm not afraid of a three. Uh, a three-point spread at all here. I, I actually think that New England is undervalued. Their defense is is really, really good this year. And look, Garrett Wilson or no Garrett Wilson, I, I think that the Patriots definitely have the game plan set uh, you know, to win in New York. And, and this one exactly is the way it's going to play itself out. I think we're going to see an awful lot of the Patriots' offense. Look, they're a very capable bunch. I know they didn't get wins in their first two games of the season, but the Jets really looked unraveled against Dallas late. You're absolutely right. Like you nailed it there in the very end. I don't see much of a drop off from the Patriots defense to Dallas's. As a matter of fact, I think the Patriots defense might yeah. be right on par. Yeah. And, they're and an underrated unit. Yeah, very, very. And I actually think that they're going to pick up the Patriots, pick up the win today. If they pick up the win. They probably pick up the cover as well. So what do you do if you're the Jets, Robert? Because I know Aaron Rodgers says he wants to come back. I don't see him playing another down in the NFL. You invested two years in this guy. You basically said this is going to be our our future. We're in a win-now mode. You signed half a Green Bay, uh, half a Green Bay's offense to play with him. Where do you go with the Jets? Do you just do it with Zach Wilson and see what you get? Do you do you try to sign like a Carson Wentz? What what do you think? No, you're you're absolutely right. This is incredible because it's and I just said it last week, that the Jets are just so cursed. This was it. This was the run. This was the run to the Super Bowl and raising the trophy. And they're not even thinking about it. Look, anyone you ask right now, go ahead and flip a coin. How many people are actually saying they don't even make the playoffs? It doesn't even seem I likely. said that before anyone else said that. <laughs> Wait I said a second. That you said that Rogers. with Aaron Rodgers even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, hey, it doesn't matter what the injuries during the season. It matters what the, what the final number is. So that prediction, I think you're going to owe me an, another bottle of wine for. So <laughs> I'm just building up these wine bottles that you owe me, Robert. It's, it's, it's building up in my favor, I would say. This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. But just to, to emphasize the final point, Jets must decide right now if they're in or if they're out, uh, you're going to disappoint a ton of people from top to bottom in that entire organization. If you decide, you know what, let's just do the Zach Wilson experiment one more time because it's going to end up very, very badly. It's funny. One of my good friends is, is a Chargers fan and she always goes to a different stadium every year. So she wanted to go to MetLife for the Monday night game for the Chargers and the Jets. And she literally texted me while we were in Nashville at, at dinner when Aaron Rodgers went down. 
why did why didn't I wait to buy my tickets? <laughs> <So> <laughs> you can tell that ticket prices have significantly decreased since Aaron Rodgers is no longer in the Yeesh. building. But real quick before for our next break, do you see Aaron Rodgers coming back? I don't. Do you? At his age and with the injury that he suffered, I really don't see him coming back. He has to say he's coming back for the optics, but it, it's it seems unlikely that we're going to see anything resembling uh, a, a top caliber quarterback out of Aaron Rodgers ever again. So for the Jets future GMs, never trade for a Packers quarterback. It doesn't seem <laughs> to work for you guys. It doesn't. All right. We're going to take one more break and then Robert and I going to come back with our rapid fire round. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Nothing But Locks. Robert and I are going to waste no time getting into the rapid fire round. We have a lot more games to cover. I believe nine more to go through. We have only a few minutes left, so let's get right into it, Robert. Falcons-Lions, what do we got here? This game is definitely going to be defense optional, in my opinion. Lions right now, 3-46. and 46. Do we know, is Amon Ra playing? I'd say yes. Uh, yeah, turf toes are horrible. I think at home, definitely looked good during practice this morning. I have a feeling that he's going to come 100%. So I think the Lions win this one, but I'll take the points with the Falcons. The Falcons have impressed me. I didn't think that they would be as good on defense as they are. They've looked very good on defense. Jesse Bates was a big signing for them. Bijan Rob Robinson just looks phenomenal. Actually, their only weak spot is Desmond Ritter. If they have another quarterback in, I would have changed my pick and gone with you that they win the, the uh, NFC South. But in this one, I'm going to take the Lions to win, but I, I'll take Atlanta with the points to cover. How about you? I do like the three points as well. I think that if uh, Detroit gets a little too sleepy and concentrate too much on, like you said, Algier and, and Robinson, look out because it could be Ritter. That's the one sneaking up, up the middle for 12 yards, completing the drive and moving it forward. So efficiency, efficiency, efficiency in this game, those that control the ball. And I really feel Atlanta is going to do a very good job of that to keep it inside of three. All right. What about the Saints and Packers? What do we got here? So this one, as opposed to the others, we've got this one far, far tighter. Opening them up at pick Packers right now this morning, only a one point favorite, the total 42 and a half. I'm going to I said the Saints are are overrated. I'm going to go with the Packers 100 percent here. I don't have too much to say about this, but I'm 100 percent back in the Packers. I'm not a Derek Carr fan. I really think the Saints have gotten lucky with their first two wins. I think the Packers are a, a better team. I wouldn't say a far superior team, but I think they can run more efficiently. So I'm going with the Packers. How about you, Robert? Yeah, especially with them playing at home. It's a different look when the Saints go out on the road, especially outside of a dome. Green Bay, as, as young a team as they are, they sure have looked very, very good in their first two games. I think they put it together and pick up a win today as well. All right. What about the Jaguars and the Texans, Robert? What do we got here? The Jaguars opened up almost double digits, nine and a half points hosting Houston. This one's down to eight. Uh, and actually with the total moving on down as well, totals only 44, Allie. That doesn't surprise me at all. And I would take the under in this game, but I really like the Texans to cover. I know that they haven't covered the first two weeks and I picked them both weeks to cover, but I, I do like them in this situation. They seem to have the, the, the Jaguars number. They always seem to play them hard. CJ Stroud has actually impressed me a lot. I think he's I, – I was one that I said before the draft, I would have drafted him over Bryce Young. I just liked what I saw out of him better when he was at Ohio State than when Bryce Young was at Alabama. So I think this kid has a real future in this league. I think he's improving every game. I think the Texans give the Jaguars a run for their money and cover this one, Robert. How about you? 
Yeah, absolutely right. Great point there because I do think Jacksonville picks up the win here and move on to 2-1, and one, but it's going to be very difficult for them to blow out Houston, especially with the game plan that Houston has. They'll scratch and they'll claw, but I don't think they'll pick up the victory. It should be enough, though, to stay inside of double digits. All right, here we go. The next one, Robert, the Broncos and the Dolphins. What do we got here? So, of course, this is one game that everyone is expecting, just a ton of fireworks. It may happen after all. Uh, the points come very, very easily from Miami, no matter who they play. This one, six and a half point favorites at home, hosting the 0-2 Denver Broncos. I mean, it's it's so tough not to side with Miami and how they played lately in that offense, especially going into a Denver Broncos squad that just has looked awful. But I don't know, Robert, there's something about this game that's making me like the underdog and just to take the points. I'm I'm sure I wouldn't blame anyone for laying the points with the Dolphins, but there's just something here that Sean Payton might have a little fire in the locker room or something after the, going 0-2. And I think they come out a little more motivated in Miami and cover the spread here. How about you? I joked with a friend of mine that if Denver doesn't win that game at home last week, this was going to be the end of their whole entire season. Yes, I did that at week two, but I'm actually saying it right now. This doesn't look good. If they go 0-3 uh, after this game with Miami this morning, it's going to be really, really tough to come back home to Denver and start talking about what to do next. Uh, six and a half, though definitely is one that I would want to take the points rather than lay. So in my instance here, you're absolutely right. I think that Denver does keep it close inside of the six and a half. I mean, real quick, what do you do with Russell Wilson? If you're 0-3, he's just been a disaster since coming here. You you just eat it. You have to. There's no way out of this. They, especially with Sean Payton coming in and, and putting in a brand new scheme around uh, Russ Wilson. I, I you can't You cannot go away from him no matter what at this point. Yep, I agree with you right there. All right, Bills and Commanders, what are we looking at here? Uh, after a high, high number of seven and a half, Buffalo right now this morning, only six. The total's 43. So I like Buffalo. I love actually Buffalo in this situation right here. I think Washington's overrated. They could easily, they're another team easily, I think could be 0-2. They beat two very bad teams with the Broncos that we just talked about. And obviously the Cardinals who are showing, even though they gave the Giants a run for their money, they're definitely tanking for Caleb Williams in the draft. <laughs> so um, I, I think the Bills, they got a wake-up call, which they needed week one of the season when they lost to the Jets. They looked great against the Raiders last week. I'm going to lay the points with Buffalo. How about you, Robert? Finally, we finally have a game here in the rapid fire round that I go opposite you no matter what. Wow. Love Washington here. I think that they definitely stay within the six and a half points at home. We've seen a really renewed running attack, especially between Gibson and Brian Robinson Jr. They are really, really clicking very well together right now. That coupled with perhaps a bad leg on Micah Hyde, a bad foot on Leonard Floyd. I think that they're going to have a handful dealing with Washington offensively. Look, am I saying Buffalo's going to lose this game? No, not quite, but they're going to need to come up and put up 30 to cover that number, and I just don't think they're going to. All right, what about the Colts and Ravens? This one, after all week long, taking a look at the status of if we're going to get Anthony Robinson playing for Indianapolis, has finally settled to a position where the Ravens now an eight-point favorite at home hosting the Colts. The total's 44. I think this is just way too many points. I actually have been impressed with the Colts and what they've done without Jonathan Taylor, what they've done with Anthony Richardson. 
even if Gardner Menchu steps in for Richardson, I still think that this Colts team plays the Baltimore Ravens very, very well. I think that it'll be a close game. I know the Ravens are two and zero, but they played a they beat a banged up Joe Burrow and and in the Bengals, they beat the Houston Texans. Which, as much as I think they're improving, they're still far behind everyone else in the league, minus the the Cardinals. I'm going to take the points here with the Colts, Robert. I just don't think the Ravens are as good as their record is. I'm not saying they're not a playoff team. I think they do make the playoffs, but I'm going to, I'm going to take the Colts with the points. How about you? Yeah, I I think you make a great point there. It's an awful lot. I know Baltimore's two and zero, but look, uh, Colts can still score, whether it's Anthony Richardson or Gardner Minshew. I think the eight's a good number to grab. uh, And that's probably my position there as well. Staying inside of double digits. All right, Panthers, Seahawks, what's next here? Seahawks here, a six and a half point favorite, the host to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, totals 42 right now on Zen Sports. Oh, I love the Panthers here. I know that they haven't looked great. Bryce Young has really struggled, but I also think that the Seahawks are very still overrated. They, you saw. I think what we saw with the Seahawks in week one against the Rams is what you get. I know that they did beat the Lions in overtime last week. There were a few questionable calls, I think, that could have went the other way. And the Lions lost quite a bit of their players throughout the game, or else I think that they do win the game. So I'm t- I think the Panthers win this game outright. How about you, Robert? That one's tough. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> uh, I will... I'm siding with you on the points. I don't think they win. It's way too difficult to win in Seattle, especially with a very young squad in Carolina right now, still trying to figure out who they really are at 0-2 this very young season. Six and a half, I think, is actually a very good number. If anything, it's that 42 that just kept jumping out at me. I think that that number definitely goes under the total because might not see the light of 20 or more for Carolina, and that's going to be a big difference right there. All right. What about Cowboys and Cardinals? This game could get messy, Robert. What we yeah, got? it's it's going to be messy because it started messy and it's not going to get any better. The Cowboys 13 already. The totals 43. Again, I hate laying points, especially double digit points. This is one I went back and forth with. But I think, Robert, there's a chance that that Dallas overlooks this game. I think that they pulled their starters early. Yes, I know they beat the Giants 40 to zero, but. I will say that Josh Dobbs and the the Cardinals have shown grit. I think that they will find a way to fight back, and I'm going to call a backdoor cover, and the Cardinals, they still lose by double digits, but they cover the 13. How about you? That's a very good point, right? I I thought about it and and watched Dobbs and the Cardinals literally collapse, giving the Giants one of the largest comebacks in history. Look, it's completely night and day when you're playing Dallas, even if you are hosting Dallas, but that's an awful lot of points. I really wish it was 14. It's not, it's 13, and it's probably even shorter now as we get closer to game time. I think that this still stays inside of double digits. You're absolutely right. It does start to let up right around the third, late third, when Dallas finally realizes, hey, you know what? We have enough here. Uh, Let's give it a rest. So probably staying inside of double digits makes sense here as well. All right, last one, Robert. We got the Steelers and the Raiders. I know Mm -hmm. it's your favorite team. What's the this, odds there? This one really flipped on its side because of lots of things involved in the number. We opened this one up. The Steelers one and a half. It went to pick about 24 hours into the week. Uh, and now here we are staring at the Raiders two and a half, almost closing as high as a field goal here uh, late this evening. And the total now 43. I love the Raiders here. One of my things I like betting is I love betting against the winner of the Monday night football team. I just think you got to play in a short week. It's a tough turnaround. 
I think I really like what the Raiders have done. I know they they lost pretty bad to the Bills last week, but they looked good against the Broncos. I've always been a Jimmy Garoppolo fan. I think he can manage the game well. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm siding with you here to end the show. You're absolutely right. Devontae Adams looked like he had a concussion scare, but he's going to be fine tonight. And I really think the difference between the Raiders offensive scheme and what Pittsburgh had to put up with with Cleveland Definitely two different ones. And I think that Vegas gets the upper hand here. They get the win in the cover. All right. Well, that's all we got for today. I hope everyone enjoys their football Sunday. Thank you again for joining us. And before we sign off, Robert, any last thoughts or advice for the audience? Yeah, again, thanks so much for joining us. The last hour was an awful lot of fun going over it. You can find all of these lines and spreads along with a ton of propositions on all the games we just talked about right at ZenSports.com. All right, everyone. Definitely check out the Zen Sports app. Hope you have a great day. Take care.